Super Talk Mississippi media production. Southern Miss fans know the number one stop for Golden Eagle Apparel is Campus Book Mart on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Baseball, basketball, football, Campus Book Mart has it covered with clothing to fit the young and old, big and small Golden Eagle in your family. You can visit the store on Hardy Street, shop online at campusbookmart.net, or call in your order and have it mailed to your front door. However you choose to buy, always visit Campus Book Mart first. You won't be sorry. Campus Book Mart and Southern Miss, to the top. All free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, we're glad you are. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Kelly Center. Well, we're in the Southern Bank Core Studio here in Hattiesburg. Luke Johnson in the Southern Bank Core Studio in Laurel. We're glad you're with us. Got a good show for you today. Scott Watkins from the uh, Sun Herald on the Gulf Coast will be joining us later to talk about the upcoming. Sunbelt Media Day and some news about the Eagle Hour. It uh, will be at Sunbelt Media Day next week as well. Slade White about to join us uh, from 4th Street Bar and Grill and uh, all kinds of good stuff to uh, talk to you about today. Lance Ancar, strength coach for the Golden Eagle football program on the show tomorrow. Opening segment is sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, a great place to cater your next event, church, business, home, holiday, retirement, graduation, or as Kelly likes to do, he just caters big amounts of food in there and enjoys it himself. So uh, doesn't have to be any special occasion. Just no, I know it's just like Tuesday. Tuesday's a good day. Bob, for you at, at our age, when you wake up in the morning, it's the only thing left exciting to do. <laughs> to celebrate. <laughs> Slade White owns Four Street Bar and Grill, a longtime uh, sponsor of the Eagle Hour. We're happy to say, it, a very good friend of ours, and. Uh, uh, well, something was brought to my attention the other day, so I asked Slade to come on the show, and I thought it was very unique that, that down at 4th Street Bar and Grill that they're putting together a time capsule and going to bury it somewhere here at an undisclosed location in Hattiesburg and then dig it up, and I found out today 30 years, so clearly I won't be around to find out what's in the <laughs> capsule, Slade, so I wanted to invite you on the Eagle Hour today and see if you can share that information with me and our listeners. Well, I appreciate you having me first and foremost, and uh, I uh, probably won't be around in 30, 30 years either, so uh, we're actually giving the location to a couple of our bartenders' kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, right. Good. Makes sense. <laughs> that way, we're giving them the GPS coordinates, and then maybe they can dig something up and maybe even have something of value in it then they put their put their kids through college or something. So, no, Well, tell us about this. I always find tap, uh, time capsules very interesting. What are well, you What are you putting in it, and uh, how did this all come about? Well, you know, we have trivia every couple of weeks, and then especially during the summer, we try to tend to just, you know, without baseball and football and things like that, it's kind of a dead season for sports. I mean, you, know, you can only watch so much cornhole on TV and uh, pickleball. So uh, we just we try to find things to do during the summer, and uh, Booty actually came up with the idea of a time capsule last week and so we uh we've kind of tied it into a couple of our nights we have uh every tuesday night we have a service industry night where 
this past month we've been recognizing people different bars around it to support us and so the other night it started with uh, the keg and barrel and we picked a couple of people out of a hat they get to put something in it of their choice and then um last night we had trivia the winning team gets to put something in it and then uh we're kind of opening it up to my staff as far as just anybody that may want to put something in it and um so far, there's been some in, interesting things and concepts. Uh, I've, most of them have till next Wednesday to, to come with whatever they're bringing. But uh, just a couple of things that, like one of my good customers that uh, works at a car dealership, he said he wants to put a car key in it because in 30 years, those will not be in existence. You know, I guess everything going to key fobs and possibly by them flying cars. And then... Uh, but uh, one, another person came up with a good idea. They're going to go around and put take pictures of Hattiesburg as it is now and put it on a, a flash drive and put that in there. Um, I'm, I'm putting a couple old coins in there. You know, they're, they're kind of old now, so much less than 30 years from now. Uh, one bartender is putting a pay, her pay stub in here because she wants to know if in 30 years if bartenders are still making 213 an hour. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a pretty good thing, yeah. Well, after so, taxes, that's probably what they'll net either way. You know, right, right. Yeah. So uh, it's just a it's just a fun thing that, uh, like I say, we, it's kind of it's taken off a little bit. I mean, we're I'm going to put a four street for my last four street golf tournament. I'm going to put a shirt in there, and then uh, there's even people putting notes and stuff just to tell us what it's like now. You know, in 2023. And now uh, some people, one one of the bartender, one of the bartender's kids are writing notes back to themselves that ha- is going to have the coordinates on it, so they might end up being the ones to dig it up in thirty years from now. But it's just it's just been a fun thing that's kind of yeah. taken off in the last couple of days. Uh, and the location will remain anonymous, correct? Well, we don't want nobody listen, digging it up. I was listening yesterday, and I was thinking of Kelly's back front yard until you said something about yeah, it, and. Yeah. Then, so yeah. that's out of the question, and not well, to mention, I don't want to find any body parts or anything. Well, in and that's where Kelly's love life is buried in his backyard. <laughs> we might put his love life in the time capsule. <laughs> yeah, well, you wouldn't. You wouldn't need to that be very take big. up any space. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> but and you sit there and think, thirty years is a long time. But if but let's just say. A, other establishments from 30 years ago just put a hat or a t-shirt in there places like the judges chamber yeah um you had places the like stone toad the stone toad that would have been 50 years ago Bob. Yeah. i mean not right. necessarily 30 years ago, but right towels dart bar bonnie and clyde's sharky's shuck and jive enterprise i mean we could go on and on yeah, yeah. and that was those were yeah. maybe even more than 30 well, years well, ago so it seems like yeah. it was just yesterday and some of well, these cool instances. stuff slide Hey, look, yeah. while we have you here, I, we talk a lot about all the trivia that uh, you know, the memorabilia, I should say, down there. Kind of put in perspective for our listeners that hear us talk about that. How much of that do you have? And I, we've been told that you have so much that you have to rotate it onto your walls. We we do do that sometimes, Bob. And uh, we uh, it's, it's just fun to come in and just see. I mean, it's, I don't want to use the word. But I'm gonna going to, but it's kind of like a Southern Miss museum almost, where you know you come in and you see, even if you're an athlete from the past, oh, I played baseball with that guy that's on the wall, or see a a, a news clipping of a paper that right. that you may have been in in school and remember it. And um, matter of fact, um, I don't know if I'm supposed to tell this out loud, but I don't think you'd mind. 
Coach Hall's dad came in last night, the, the legend himself, and I think he looked at every single piece twice. You know, he mm-hmm. just he enjoyed it. And then Coach Hall brought uh, – he came last Friday to eat catfish, and he brought one of his new staff members over, and, you know, he just walked around, you know, the whole time waiting on his his food to get ready. And, and there's no way he saw it all during the lunch hour. So we, we, we didn't like to invite everybody over just to come by and take a look and – like I say, if uh, we have, you know, we have ex-players that come in and say, oh, man, my jersey needs to be up to Like Marshant Kenny was one of the last ones. He, he donated a signed jersey and framed up and everything. So uh, we like to display it, and uh, we're, we're proud. Of it. We're proud no. of, our, of our city. We're proud of our college, and we're proud to be right here beside the rock. What I'm you? just really surprised that Will Hall eats fried catfish. I would have never thought that. <laughs> I may have not have supposed to said that either. <laughs> no, let me say it's let good. Me say really it's good. It's really good. Really slave. good catfish too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. And what but, have you uh, got about Luke Johnson hanging on the wall? Surely there must be some kind of tribute to Luke there. Johnson. There are pictures of scoreboards and games that I played in. That's specific, there you go. specifically where we set oh. up for Eagle Hour when we go in there. I think Slade, you've got the Nebraska scoreboard hanging on the wall when we beat them in uh, in two thousand four, right. right. and uh, yeah, That's that was right. a that was a great day. But but yeah, I mean, you go in there, and uh, especially as former athletes, you can look around and you can say, "Man, I played in that stadium, or I played with that guy, or I was I played in that specific game." And that's really did didn't you guys actually had the bell for a time period? We did. We had it for quite a while. So, uh, and it's actually still in the possession of someone that I cannot name. So. I'll tell you what you ought to donate, Luke. You ought to donate the uh, offensive player of the game and the Liberty Bowl. That would be a great thing to put on display down there. Did you know that, Slade? Did you know that the Luke was the offensive player of the game in a Liberty Bowl? That's new. That's new news to me. There you go, Luke. See, there since it's sitting in a since it's sitting in a cabinet, Slade, I, I'll let you. I'll let you, uh, you have go. it during football season this year. Well, and I just as long as as long as Sander doesn't steal it and it ends up at a pawn shop somewhere <laughs> in the hood. Right, seat. right. Well, he does have keys to the place, so we're, we're going to have oh, to watch. the camera. We need to talk to you about that, Slade. But what were you thinking when you did that? <laughs> well, I don't. I don't have keys to the beer cabinet, though. I just have, no. You know. He just he just comes and cleans up before he gets comes to y'all in the morning. Right, oh, right. I and I do want to say this about the guys at 4th Street, too. Whenever there's a special call that Southern Miss needs something, Slade and everybody at 4th Street, well, they're always ready to answer that call. 4th Street joined Super Talk last year, and together we bought up the tickets that were required to get past the 10,000 uh, season ticket mark. Which and, is a record. And, and Super, I mean, and, and Slade was right there with Super Talk uh, in doing that, so... I know you probably didn't want to say in that, but that's a fact, Slade, and, and you do do a lot of wonderful things for the athletic department. Yes, sir. I mean, we're, we do what we can. I mean, we're we're no big chain restaurant where we can do big stuff, you know, donate tens of millions of dollars, anything like that. But we're, we're going to be the first ones to jump on board with anything that we can help with and, of course, stream every single game there is. You know, even before ESPN was, Plus was around, I told Coach uh, Barry that I was going to run a line down the uh, trace and just put my own camera up, you know, for that for the baseball field. So, All right, buddy. so we, we, we enjoy everything. So I appreciate y'all having me on. We appreciate you, Slade. Slade White, everybody. Fourth Street Bar and Grill. Check out the memorabilia if you haven't. It's really something to see. We'll be right back.
You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. I want to thank Slade uh, from 4th Street Bar and Grill jumping on with us. I think that's kind of cool about a time capsule. And, of course, all the memorabilia is uh, really quite unbelievable. Noel Daniels Motor Company. I want to talk about them for a second. Did you know you can buy a new Icon cart from the Noel Daniels Motor Company in Brandon? And they'll deliver it anywhere you're listening to our show today, anywhere in Mississippi, for just $99. They carry electric vehicles for the neighborhood, for the farm, for the golf course. Doesn't everyone need a golf cart in the neighborhood? And remember, they'll deliver it right here in Hattiesburg for just $99. They're always uh, keeping a great inventory. They always give you the best deal regardless. Just tell your phone to take me to the Noel Daniels Motor Company in Brandon or shop online at noeldaniels.cars. You know, Kelly, I remember when golf carts were actually used on golf courses. Yeah, Some of them were three. I remember the three-wheeled ones. Right. Do, do you remember those with the right. the little handle in the middle that you had to kind of mm-hmm. move around? You know, some but clearly of, now in my neighborhood, the only requirement for a golf driving a golf cart is you have to be three or older. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly three, right? What? Go back to the time capsule for what would you what would you guys put in it? Boy, that, that would be opened in thirty years, huh? Are you talking about like something Southern Miss That's specifically? A good question. Yeah. Or just something cultural related to Hattiesburg. Hmm, that's an interesting question. I'd have to think about that. I would put, I would put as, as a sports fan, I would put pictures of all the facilities as they sit now: the Rock, the Greenhouse, and mm-hmm. the Pete. Mm-hmm. I would do that. I would do a like an actual kind of where we shot the commercial, like looking back at it, and I would do a drone shot um, of the Pete. I would do inside Reed Green because you know Reed Green's going to change. Because of mm-hmm. what Jeremy spelled out, and then you know a, a picture of the rock. So if Southern Miss related, I would do that. Might throw in um, depends on how big it's going to be. It'd be cool to put in like a game program or you know something like that. Um, you know, just uh, maybe one of those towels they give out. Uh, you know, for the fans, just or, something or, or, or like Southern a super Miss. regional program, a super regional T-shirt. That'd be a cool. Fun. I, I always, yep. I always found, and you can find them sometimes like on eBay uh, when you can go back even find. Mississippi Southern stuff. I remember Bob one time yeah, for Christmas. Found me one. Yeah, I, I found Bob a, a Mississippi Southern button. Um, but I found a program from the Southerners of Mississippi Southern, and I liked going through the program, looking at the ads mm-hmm. to see mm-hmm. if any of those businesses that were thriving back when Mississippi Southern mm-hmm. was called Mississippi, well, Southern Miss was called Mississippi Southern, if some of those businesses we're still around, and lo and mm-hmm. behold, there were a couple. Interesting, you know? yeah, interesting. And and you and you saw that the the main um, life, the the heartbeat, the pulse of Hattiesburg is was down around Broadway Drive, you know, and Main Street. That's about where. Oh, that's no question. When my wife and I first moved here to go to college, that's everything was on. The, well, there wasn't anything past the interstate. I mean, it was woods. So all the life was down on Hardy Street in downtown, like you're saying. Yeah, but, yeah, but, the, but these were like like way downtown. Oh, so awesome. so, so yeah. like the campus would have even been mm-hmm. the farthest west probably anybody mm-hmm. went. I would well, no, that would have been for capsule that you open now. Do you remember the famous bar, the End Zone? Of course. You know that that was kind of an iconic. I th- I saw a picture of that somewhere the other day, and uh, can't remember where now. It brought back a lot of memories. But that's that's essentially where Fourth Street is now, right? The end zone was down on Hardy Street at one time, about halfway down Hardy Street. Oh, by Camper Park. 
Yes, and yeah, then I okay. think it moved to where 4th, 4th Street, Street is right. now. Yes, That's but right. the original end zone, I believe, was down across from Camper Park. Yeah. Yeah, it was the spot, my man. Well, you, you mentioned the stone toe, too. I've now, heard. Now you're going way back. <laughs> now you're going way back. We, we picked on Travis Higa yesterday, the director of the Pride of Mississippi, because he didn't know Jethro Tull. But you, you're, you're going to have to go back. When you're talking about the stone toad now, you're going back to the Jethro Tull back. days. And, yeah. and, and you're going back to when a, a guy that had some small degree of success used to play there for free, a guy named Jimmy Buffett. Used to play at the Stone Tower. And, and his buddy, Fingers Taylor. Yeah, he made, you know, Buffett made it a little bit. He's done all right for himself. He's done a couple billion all right for himself. Yeah, but, but, but you know, when Slade was talking about that the time capsule, and you think on the surface that 30 years is a long time. Yeah. In our scope, Bob, 30 years is not a whole lot of time. No, 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 you're right. So no, you're right. So. 75% of my life, guys. I think, but your your question is good though. I think I would put in a um, a Sun Belt football, a Sun Belt conference mm-hmm. football, because I think I think the significance of that move, that's what it would indicate was was just what a big move I think that was at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think your ideas of the pictures are great too to see yeah. how the campus has evolved. Heck, it's evolved a lot just since I've moved here. Mm-hmm. You know, you can. You can take graduates from the mid-80s and early 90s and go back there now, and, they, and they'll say half the things that they remember aren't there anymore. Yeah. You know? And, and well, there's lots of people that don't realize that the baseball field is where the football practice fields are now. Right. A lot of people, you know. And, I mean, as somebody, I'm looking back 20 years later, where um, the, you know, where Siena Hall is and, uh, you know, and, and the Trent Lott Center right. are now. I mean, we practiced football out there when, when during two a days. Yeah, I mean, that was the I old that, the yeah. old sports arena. I mean, when right. they were building the Duff Center, our our workouts were in the old sports arena. Like they had they had a full like uh, squat racks in the middle of that floor, you know. And I mean, we did. There was a, a spring where we did uh, running with the coaches and a bunch of workout stuff. We'll talk to about with Coach Ancar tomorrow. We did it in the old sports arena, and now I mean Southern Miss people sports arena. What's that? I mean, and it was there. Right. It was it was there forever. And that's where the Eagles played their basketball games right. before Reed Green. Well, I remember that area Luke's talking about between the stadium and and Highway Forty Nine, and and I I remember I was kind of heartbroken when they covered that up because that's where that's where. My son grew up with some of his buddies playing catch before the games and playing yeah. football out in the grass. And you, you, we would uh, tailgate out there, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. we would tailgate there after the game, too. I remember that 49th. It was real sandy, <laughs> and, especially uh, and, when we practiced on it. But I, I, I tailgated many a time out there. Back then, you had to be a big money donor to get those spots. That's but, where they parked the RVs and stuff. Because yeah. it was so convenient to the to the yeah, and then the, and then there was the there was the tailgating back when my family and I moved back to Hattiesburg uh, a number of years ago, uh, over by uh, in front of Southern Hall, and then unfortunately the tornado came through and tore down those big magnificent oak trees, and they did the best they could do, I think, and and you know redoing that re-landscaping that but i don't know it's kind of it's progress but when you've been around southern miss a really long time some of the things that are gone is kind of sad that the, they're not here where osceola mccarty hall is now you remember there were tennis courts yeah there there were like I there were know. tennis courts there and yeah. then the 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 commons right I, I, the commons man like we would have i remember my my first wake up 
uh, realization that that I was not uh, a big guy anymore. We were uh, we were in two days, and I was in line at the Commons, and there was actually like one line. A lot of times it would serve chicken tenders, and that's just kind of where we ran to. I got four chicken tenders on my plate, and uh, there was a lineman next to me who weighed uh, I don't know eighty pounds more than me. He got twenty, and really? and I was like, <laughs> I said. You're not in Kansas anymore, Toto. I'm a very small person in this world. But yeah, I mean the commons were was great, and and I know they you, there there comes a time where you have to upgrade. But the the bottom part that very many people didn't go into the banquet rooms. That's where we ate on Friday nights, uh, where we would eat before we go watch movies. That's where when we were hitting the road, we'd eat brunch there. And it's just so many memories. Uh, are attached you, when you would go when they still had that road open you could come down by the the administrative building and then you do the loop you could actually park in front of the commons but you had to park like after five fifteen, or you get a ticket but i those are the days where always hunting for a parking lot or parking spot parking behind the commons in the fire lane not supposed to do that but if you're a football player maybe you get out of the ticket i mean but so much of of the the landscape has changed and i think you know for the better and the chapel's still there and so many of the old buildings are still there uh, but but it does as you go back to tailgate it's just amazing how i heard my parents talk about it and and now as i go back the memories that are attached to specific trees specific spots of ground no specific question. landmarks no question about it and and that was a really special place i always thought between the football stadium and Highway 49. And there's every year you go there, like now the dormitories there by Panhellenic, some of those dorms that were there for many years being torn down. You know, quad. To, to, we, yeah. we talked we yeah. talked the other day about camps. I mean, growing up, leadership camps, football camps, you'd stay in Van Hall or you'd stay in the quad in Roberts. And, uh, I mean, I'll tell you what, we had some fun times in Van. I didn't live in Van um, like during the year, I, I stayed in Bond freshman year, and then I was able to. I, I moved off campus, but I mean, there's something you you talk about Southern Miss football pre 2007. It's Van Hall. I mean, that's where everything went down. We stayed there during two a days, and uh, some of the older guys, you know, Marshant and, and guys even uh, before him, will talk about how much Van Hall meant to them because that's that's where the the brotherhood was formed. And and you know when they took Van Hall down, what I, I wish, of course. Hindsight's always twenty twenty, but when they tore it down, I wish that they would have done like as a fundraiser. You know, you give a certain amount of money and you can buy a brick from Van Hall or a dorm number off of uh, the doors. You know, uh, each had numbers on them, and just just buy little bits and pieces of Van Hall that you could have, give to your kids, grandkids, whatever. You know, have a piece of Van and Hall. All during the glory years where Southern Miss was bad A in football. Getting there, Bob. Getting no there. We'll be right back. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, I want to say hello to Miss Kathleen at Campus Bookmark. She's on Hardy Street. I guarantee you she's working as we speak. She always, always there. You can always shop them online as well at campusbookmark.net. It is just a great place to buy all your Southern Miss swag. And of course, 
Fourth Street Bar and Grill. We talked to Slade early in the show, but tomorrow is Catfish Friday. And take it from a Delta guy, it's right up there at the top of the list. I mean, it doesn't get much better catfish than what you'll get on Fridays at Fourth Street Bar and Grill. All right, Scott Watkins, uh, no stranger to our program. He's a sports reporter for the uh, Biloxi Sun-Herald, and uh, we really appreciate him coming on the show. Now, pending some some clearance from his parole officer, Kelly Sander will be at the uh, media days uh, reporting for uh, the Eagle Hour next uh, week during uh, Sunbelt Media Days, and I bet you Scott Watkins is going to be there. And Scott, what do you think we'll hear during media day as we get ready for Sunbelt football? Well, I think we're going to hear a lot of hoopla, a lot of uh, a lot of we're the best, a lot of we're looking good, a lot of culture. I think we're going to hear a lot of culture. I think we're going to see uh, 14 teams that have built an amazing culture, and that's what I'm most excited about hearing about. No question, and uh, I, I agree with everything you just said. And and I, I I sense that I sensed that culture in Montgomery this year at the uh, at the tournament, the baseball tournament. I I just felt so good about. Southern Miss uh, being a part of that. All right, here's the big question. Who are the favorites? Um, you know, as someone who covers Southern Miss and, and graduated from Troy, I, I don't know if I've ever been more disgusted to say out loud that I think that South Alabama is the best team in the Sun Belt this year mm. and should be should be the favorite to win, win the league and is the league's best chance at, at playing in New Year Six. Really? How about that, Luke Johnson? Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things. He's got everybody back. Kane does, and and uh, you, you you look at. I mean, they had talent whenever the change was made, and and Kane was able to uh, to put that. And I've just kind of been surprised he's been able to keep some of his staff. I mean, we were able to hire uh, Dwight Wilson off of his staff, and he replaced him with with Jay Hobson. But I mean. Uh, and until they get knocked off, uh, until they really don't show up to play like they did in the bowl game last year, Scott, I mean, they, they have a lot of people back uh, in the third year of, of an offensive and defensive system. Yeah, you know, you, you got to remember this team was five points away from going undefeated in the regular season last year. And they, like you said, they bring just about everybody back. They lose one wide receiver, one offensive lineman. Uh, and they lose two people, I think, on defense. And they're deeper underneath the starters that they have. They've got one of the better quarterbacks in the league, and they've got a good opportunity against Oklahoma State. Uh, they also go to Tulane, so they can they have a chance to push themselves into the top twenty-five nationally very quickly, like by the end of September, I think. But but why do you have them above Troy? For the simple reason that Troy's got everybody back, lost a linebacker, um, but John Summerall won won twelve games in year one. Yeah, he did. It was, a, it was an extremely impressive start. Uh, I, I do think they uh, they just get a, a tad better on offense, maybe, and I think they just get a tad worse on defense, and I think that South Alabama really just gets a, a lot better. Um, Troy's going to roll with Gunnar Watson again. Uh, last year he had a, a turnover problem that, that kind of suddenly appeared. That's going to have to be solved with his uh, top wide receivers, top two wide receivers out the door now. Um, they don't just lose the, uh, the all-time linebacker that they have. They lose two of their better DBs. They do bring a couple good DBs back. Uh, actually, they lose three linebackers. Um, so they're, they're kind of rebuilding in the in the middle of that defense. So I, I think they're going to be good. I think they're the clear-cut number two in the West. But I just think that they lose just enough, and South Alabama brings back more than enough for those two to kind of make that switch. Well, whether you believe that argument or not, it's certainly it's he certainly backs up 
you know, the, the way that he feels. Scott, a lot of people have Southern Miss finishing as low as fourth in the West with the Cajuns, the Cajuns of Louisiana ahead of Southern Miss. The Cajuns are on my list as to be the projected biggest disappointment in the league this year. Uh, I, I just don't think Louisiana is going to be near as good as everybody else thinks they will be. Uh, so take a look at the at the the rest of the West. Of course, Texas State has some uh, you know new coaching staff coming in. How do you think the rest of the West will shake out? I think there's a clear bottom two. I think uh, ULM and Arkansas State have the weakest rosters in the league right now. Um, at you know, neither of them are looking good, but I don't. I also don't think that either of them are really teams that you can look beyond uh, during the season. I don't think there's anybody in the Sun Belt that you can circle and say that's a that's a win. Uh, but I, I do think that Southern Miss and Louisiana are kind of the mid tier in the West, and I do think that the Golden Eagles are better positioned than Louisiana. I don't think that Louisiana is uh, in a position to make that that one year turnaround. Uh, they're kind of a little behind the eight ball. They didn't have either of their quarterbacks at all during the spring. And they, one of them I don't think will even play in the fall either. So in the short term, that's really going to hurt them. I, I am kind of with you. I'm not, not huge on the Cajuns. They lose so much from their defense. They, they do bring a lot of skill guys back on offense. But there's just a lot. I think they're in year two of a rebuild. I don't think that it's fair anymore to give them the benefit of a doubt like we did last year heading in. I think they're going to step back. They they might not make a bowl game. They might make a bowl game, but I would not expect any more than like six or seven wins from the team. Most fans will look at – all they look at is the overall record at the end of the year and make a determination as to whether their team is better than they were last year. I've said Southern Miss may find itself in a very unique situation where talent-wise they could very well be a, a significantly better team than last year's team. But at the end of the year, the record may not indicate it because of that rugged uh, non-conference schedule that includes Florida State, Mississippi State, and Tulane. Is, is that a reasonable explanation? It is because I've thought the same thing several times this summer. I mean, they, they played just a, a brutal schedule, and, and that the cross-division schedule also includes a road trip to Appalachian State. You've got to play in Boone. So that's, it's not going to be easy for, uh, for Southern Miss. Um, and especially, you know, going back to last year, the wheels kind of fell off in a few later games. And you look at what's coming after the bye week in the middle of October, you've got to go to South Alabama. You have to go to App State. You have to go to Louisiana. You have to go to Mississippi State. And then you have to host mm. Troy. That's mm. the, that, that is a ridiculous end yeah. of the season. Yeah, I may change that eight-game prediction I've been making. <laughs> well, it's, since Scott put it that way. Thanks you've a lot, Scott. Get, Scott, you've got to get – you you have to be five and one or four to four and two after the first half, right? You have to be. Yeah, I mean you have to win the games that you have to win. You have to you have to you know get by Alcorn State. You can't leave any doubt in that game. You have to you have to beat Arkansas State. You got to beat Texas State. You got to beat Old Dominion. And you really want to find a win between Florida State and Tulane. Uh, right. With with that back half of the schedule coming up. Yeah, I mean, I think you could you could look up and you could drop two close ones, and you may be one in five or or uh, or two and four on the back half. Um, a team I want to just get your opinion on is James Madison. They all kind of surprised us last year, and one thing similar that where they could help Southern Miss if they start off strong. They're South Alabama's first conference game. They host the Jags up in up in Virginia. And then uh, I think uh, two weeks before that, yeah, on September 16th, they actually go to Troy. 
if James Madison comes out the gate, you know, smoking, they could possibly pull upsets in one or two of those games and really help the Eagles down the stretch in the West. They could. Uh, they're like you mentioned. They have a, a really, really tough start to the season. Uh, I'm not sure how fast they're going to start because they're still kind of going between a couple of quarterbacks as well. Um, I think they're going to go with a guy who who is, has started at South Florida and Arizona, but uh, they are well coached, as we have learned, and that that kind of takes a that adds a lot to uh, what what we have to consider with James Madison and them being their second year. But uh, that could really help uh, Southern Miss for sure. Uh, but James Madison still, just like last year, I'm I'm not entirely sure what to make of them, and I'm, I'm just all I know is I, I'm not going to take it for granted, and I'm just going to expect them to play really hard. Scott, yeah. a lot of media types say that media days are really it's pomp and circumstance that there's really not a lot of red meat there because coaches are not going to give a lot away of what they have, uh, and that they'd be just as happy if you know media days didn't weren't happening. What what say you as a person who is a member of the media. Uh, I think partially that is true, uh, it, it, but it really comes down to who's talking. You know, some coaches are a little cut and dry. Uh, they're not going to give up much. Some coaches are fantastic quotes. Uh, some coaches are brand new, and those can be those can be kind of fun as well. Um, like I'm, I'd love to hear from Tim Beck at Coastal Carolina. They've have they have a phenomenal chance to be a very very good offensive team, and I'd love to see how he plans to. Uh, run with that. Uh, I also love to hear from uh, Clay Helton at Georgia Southern. So uh, it, it really just depends on who you're speaking to. Uh, Sean Elliott, Georgia State's another good personality, and Will Hall. Uh, sometimes he reigns it in, and he he gives us his coach speak. But uh, in those intimate situations with local media, uh, you know, like like uh, me and, and David and, and Andrew, he will open up a little bit and be just a fantastic quote. So I'm, I'm hoping that he. In his second in his second appearance at Sunball Media Day, we'll uh, we'll loosen up a little bit and give us something good. Hey Scott, we always appreciate your input. Uh, we're hitting the break here as we go out. Who's the best team in the East? We didn't really say that. Uh, that's that's extremely difficult to say, but at the moment, I'm going to go with Coastal Carolina. Hard to argue with them, isn't it? Yeah. All right, Scott, we appreciate it very much. If you're down there, kind of keep Santa in check. If you see him going astray, please. Uh, <laughs> Throw a rope around his neck or something. We'd appreciate that. Scott Watkins, everybody, from the Biloxi Sun-Herald, and we always appreciate his input. Well, Steely Dan takes us out. I'm still mystified. Why in the hell is Steely Dan opening up for the Eagles? Steely Dan doesn't open up for anyone, Kelly. I wonder if if the band directors have heard of Steely Dan. Should have asked that. I'll have to text him, yeah. Tall Jethro? Who? Jethro Tall. Southern Miss to the top. Appreciate Scott Watkins joining us from the Biloxi Sun-Herald, sunherald.com, where you can subscribe to Scott Watkins' coverage of Southern Miss. Appreciate the hard work he does, as well as the other guys that will be at Media Days next week with Santa, Andrew Abadie, and so many of those uh, dudes that uh, that cover Southern Miss sports. Appreciate them. Heath Hinton from Big Gold Nation, and I'll tell you what, guys, I mean, a great time to be a Southern Miss fan, so many so many guys covering the teams, and uh, just like we do here on the Eagle Hour, anybody that covers Southern Miss and is an Eagle, all for it. 
Luke, Bob, and Kelly from the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg um, and Laurel. Fourth segment, as always, brought to you by DBAT and D1 Training. They're on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Days are hot, but it's always cool inside DBAT and D1. Great opportunity to get some batting cage work in, some fitness training, and, of course, their 70-yard indoor running facility. All that at DBAT and D1, dbathattiesburg.com. All right, um, so this past week, NCAA has announced that they are creating a new postseason women's basketball tournament for 32 teams. It will be called the Women's Basketball Invitation Tournament, or the WBIT. Um, 32 teams for teams that do not make the NCAA tournament. The WNIT, which has been in existence for a long time, released a statement that it will continue to operate um, as normal. Uh, One of the reasons the NCAA gave is uh, giving opportunities for teams that don't make the, the NCAA tournament, but... Uh, not explaining this very much, but we'll try to lessen the financial burden on teams. Not sure how it will affect. And, and Kelly, we were talking earlier during the break with the announcement of this. There's also been just kind of some chatter. Nothing imminent, nothing, uh, you know, laid out there as far as proposals, but there's been talk about the, the men's tournament expanding as well. Yeah, it was most for most years. It was sixty-four teams. All right, and then in the last ten years or so, they've pl- had these cu- these two play-in games, which adds four more teams to take it to sixty-eight. Well, now there's uh, different discussions on the table about expanding it as far as ninety-six teams. Now, that's that's the highest number. There have been other suggestions lower than that, but even if you go to ninety-six. And it really doesn't matter the sport. You know, we got playoffs coming in college football now. You already have 68 in men's basketball, even if they go to 96. Look, it, it really doesn't matter how many teams you put in there. Whoever is left out, there's always going to be people on the outside looking in saying, we deserve to get in there. You know, because that's the reason, of course, money is, is always, I mean, always monetize, right? Follow the money. But when everybody says, well, they need to go to more teams so that teams that get shut out will get in, it doesn't matter how many teams you you put in. There's always going to be some, unless you include everybody, there's going to be teams out there saying, we deserve to get in. And and I think if you you water it down too much, you're going to start getting teams in there, much like I think the Mississippi High School Activities Association has done. They've watered down playoffs so much that even in high school football, you've got teams that are making the high school football playoffs that have won two games all year long. you know. And, and I, if you water it down too much in college, then you're going to be getting college basketball teams that don't even have winning records you know, that are playing for postseason championships. And I, just, I think sometimes it, just, it defeats the purpose, and then it's just nothing except about the money. Well, there comes a point, too, where it's just enough's enough. Agreed. I don't, want, I don't want them to shorten the regular season. I don't want them to do that. Right. I don't either. But you're going to be, you know, playing for for such a long period of time, and this this kind of brings it up, and and we've only got a minute and a half left, but just kind of, you know, give a little appetizer out there for another discussion. Kendall Rogers from D1 mentioning last night, there's thoughts out there about expanding um, the the baseball tournament to 72 teams, and having 32 hosts rather than 16. So so kind of changing the regional format. And again, if even if you add more of these teams, what are the odds that the that the bottom ten or twenty 
are going to win a national championship or win a state championship at the high school level. Rarely does it happen. And I know the magic, oh, there's a chance, there's a chance. But statistically, it's just not going to happen. I think you're right. All right, Super Talk Eagle Hour podcast. You can hear it anytime you like on Apple, Audible, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or you can just tell Alexa to play the Super Talk Eagle Hour. I want to thank D1 and D-Bad for sponsoring the last segment of our show every day. It's a great state-of-the-art training facility right on Hardy Street. And we want to thank Mo Bay Beignet Company, who has that delicious strawberry topping on the best beignets you'll eat anywhere. They're available right now. They're on Hardy Street as well. Lots happening on Hardy Street, and a lot will be happening here tomorrow. Lance Ancar, the one and only strength coach at Southern Miss, will be here tomorrow. We're going to wrestle Kelly right before the show. We haven't told you about that. Drinks yet. Red Bull by the gallon. Drinks Red Bull by the gallon. <laughs> Cuban coffee when he's with the basketball team <laughs> yes. and uh, can give you all kinds of good New Orleans stories, I'm sure. Lots of energy with Coach Ancar. Uh, and that's who really has the football team right now. That's who's really working the football team right now. So, uh be a good conversation uh, with Coach Ankar, and he's a, oh, he's a great, great guy and uh, somebody we always look forward to having on our show. All right, I want to thank Slade White, our good friend out of 4th Street Bar and Grill. Also, Scott Watkins, we think, does a great job covering Southern Miss Athletics now for the Sun-Herald. Appreciate with all these uh, With all these music references this week, I feel like I've been in a time capsule. Yeah. Well, you should you – should, feel privileged because it was the greatest music ever am i right true musicians for sure still talking about them 40 years later southern miss to To the the top Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.